you've discovered TalkZone.com. TalkZone.com. The best in Internet talk radio. Welcome back. If you'd like to call in, we're at 1-800-336-2225. You know, here's a lady who is unable to let go when it's time to let go. And, you know, she's trying to force getting what she wants back. And, you know, if a dog soul, cat soul, animal soul, human soul, the list goes on, wants to come back, they choose to come back. And if they're meant to find you again, they'll find you again. But this is like, I want what I want, and I, you know, and I've got the money to do it, and by God, I'm going to do it. You know, I, I have had some clients that, uh, guys whose mothers l- l- tried to live through them. They were, the mothers were in love with them. They smothered them. Some were sexual with their little kids and some weren't. You know, they were just really rough issues they'd come to get some help for. And, um, you know, a lot of these women are putting their little boys on the pedestal and uh, sometimes the kid can do, do no wrong and, you know, it's that kind of thing. A lot of these guys, because the mother is so connected and attached, uh, they've got cords, that the guy becomes gay because there's no place for him to connect with the female. His mother's got that slot. So I, I just wanted to say, you know, this this is a smothering kind of thing, and I see that the, the dog that was cloned and she wanted the same soul, it's not the same soul, and the dog is repulsed. And some of these guys who've had mothers like this they're repulsed by women or mothers. Now, this soul, dog soul, could have chosen to come back into this cloned dog. Yeah, I think so. He could have, you know, yeah. worked that out. But clearly, that isn't what's meant to be because it isn't what happened. And, you know, ultimately, as this dog gets older, she's going to start to realize that they aren't behaving the same. That's right. So if she, if she, she is, uh, she's lost in trying to make that happen. She's lost in her fantasy. But I imagine, perhaps even years, she might get the hint. Well, I was going to say, if she's ultimately able to pry off her rose-colored glasses, even briefly, she might go, "Hmm, I don't think this is the same soul." Yeah. And you know what else? Here's another thing. Even if it is the same soul. He, he or she could come back with a whole new set of lessons and personality propensity because they have a whole new set of lessons to learn and they won't be behaving anything like they did before anyway. You know, she's looking to duplicate a certain set of, mm-hmm. of, uh, combination personality traits and they're done. He died. It moved on. So I know a kitty that uh, died pretty young, and it came back in a new lifetime according to all the signs and evidence. And the cat was a very different personality very different. The, the second lifetime. Very, very different. Same soul, but different, uh, different script. So you know, even if it is the same, even if it were, and I don't think this is the same soul, you still have a different set of lessons. You know, you can have a soul be born of a human or an animal; doesn't matter in one lifetime and then in the next lifetime and each lifetime that same soul is a really different person you know that's actually more common than not why because you're learning a set of lessons and then oftentimes you pendulum into the opposite side of lessons this goes back to this lady 
that comes to mind as we're telling the story. This is a lady who in a past life, she had a donkey that she horribly mistreated. She just whipped him all the time, pushed him to his max, years and years and years just on end. Abuse. It didn't Solid matter. Abuse. It didn't matter how good he served her. It was never good enough. So she comes back this life. So you know, you can only imagine she was a rather growly. What you call a bitch? <laughs> just a bitch. I was trying to avoid the word, <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> just dive right in. Just say it as it is, Keith. <laughs> you know that. So, you know it's nasty to be around somebody with that disposition. Well, this lady, that lifetime was that. However, in this lifetime, she's like angelic. Just could do everyone no thinks of her she as just the so sweetest, sweet. sweetest. Yep. Just and of course, this particular lady we're talking about, her ending was that she was uh, talk about pit bulls. She was um, uh, mauled by a bunch of pit bulls to death. And pit bulls, and I'll tell you, her family, I mean, uh, was horrified. Well, she was such an angel. But you see, if they could have stopped that, uh, what an angel she was for just a moment, looked into one life earlier, saw the reality, what they would have seen was, oh my God, she was like nothing like this lifetime. She was totally this horrible person that mistreated animals horribly. So, you know, then they go fast forward and they go, well, no wonder that she got mauled to death. I mean, look at how she treated animals before. And I tell you, folks, anybody who thinks that uh, treating uh, other human beings appropriately is the only thing you need to be responsible for, you got another thing coming. Right. You have to treat all of God's creation appropriately. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions. If you'd like to call in today, we're at 1-800-336-2225. So you can't even begin to think that one soul that came in in one lifetime with a certain set of qualities is going to match up the second time. It doesn't work that way because everything is evolving and everything is changing in that evolution process, including you. And in any given series of five lifetimes, you probably wouldn't even be recognizable either. Now, you probably can recognize this personality. It's people who are too pleasing, too nice, too sweet, and actually they're paralyzed from being selfish, aggressive, and not pleasing. They have to please. They have to say yes. They can't say no. And uh, they, they uh, have to be gifting and helping and overextending. These are people that are, are actually astrologically fixed so that at least for part of the lifetime, they are simply givers, helpers, healers, friends, they can't say no. They can't be selfish. And it's because they're making up and, and living the opposite lifetime of being just a, a gruesome, selfish, uh, inconsiderate person, ruthless, heartless. So they're living the opposite with many people abusing them and taking advantage of them usually. You know, if you have a pet who's died and you really love that pet a lot, and you would really like them to come back, you know, you need to put it forth to God or your guides or however it is that you put it forth and say, boy, if if so-and-so can come back, that would be so wonderful. And then leave it to God. 
and the guides and his or her soul. Release it. Yeah, release it and let them decide if that's what's appropriate or not. And your job, your job is to release it. This lady spending $50,000 to get her dog back, and she looks like she's in an air bubble. Isn't that something, that picture of her? It just makes me nuts. It goes with the read. She's in a fantasy. She's fickle, giddy, spoiled, emotional, and with money, um, as totally self-absorbed in a fantasy. So the dog... Is like, says, what is it with you, lady? <laughs> the, the dog is like confused because he's supposed to have this tremendous relationship with her and he doesn't and it confuses him. And I'm sure it does. Yeah. He, you know, and he goes, well, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do, but, whoa, this is strange. And, and then he goes, I guess I'm supposed to do this. And it's just strange. You know, souls aren't connected to DNA. You know, a soul will come into a particular set of DNA because that particular set of DNA has lessons for them, given what they want to learn in this lifetime. And that's how much, how, that's how connected you are to the DNA, period. People come in and say, well, I'm like this because I got it from my mother or father or whoever. And you go, well, you chose your mother and father because you wanted that from them because that aligns with what your lessons are in this lifetime. And so you chose to come in and have that so that you could learn those lessons. So then you can't point a finger at mom and dad anymore. you got to point a finger at yourself and your soul who said, hey, let's go choose those parents, take on those issues so that we can learn about that this lifetime. So on the subject of walk-ins, which is... Uh, not somebody who just walks in and buys something at your retail store. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> but it's a person who comes into another person's body when they are done with their body. And so they sort of do a quick death revival and another soul's in there. Well, this other soul doesn't have anywhere of the same DNA that it had of the other lifetime. So there's proof right there. And by the way, there's uh, numerous people that will say they're walk-ins. Usually they aren't. And uh, that's a, almost like used to be a big fad. I haven't heard it so much lately. But walk-ins are real, but not near as common as people would say. And uh, clearly, they're walking into a different body with different DNA. However, your uh, soul's energy impulse, you know, like the pulse of your energy begins to actually change everything in the system that you're in, in the body that you're in. Every second, you're putting out sort of a different frequency, which begins to just slowly alter everything about that new body you've walked in, if that were the case. You are listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmé Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. If you'd like to call in for a reading, we're at 1-800-336-2225. You done with that, dear? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I just read this one a little excerpt out of Marianne Williamson's book, The Age of Miracles, and it was so good that I wanted to share it with you. I'm probably going to read the whole interview, and there might be other parts that we share. We find ourselves really incredibly aligned with... Um, Marianne Williamson in terms of her reality of a spiritual path. I've read, uh, I don't know if her politics has changed. In the past, uh, we didn't agree with her politics, but 
Her spiritual side is certainly aligned. And here's what she said. What is it about spiritual knowledge that takes so long to digest? It takes a decade to understand the basic nature of spiritual principles. Another decade while the ego tries to eat you alive. (laughs) (laughs) Another decade while you try to wrestle it to the ground. And finally you begin to walk more or less in the light. Anyone who thinks a spiritual path is easy probably hasn't been walking one. That's really true. It's so very true. Yeah. I'll tell you, we run into so many uh, people, young people. I was talking to this lady today, and she's like 60 years old, and she's a master at what she does in the spiritual realms. And I said to her, you know, when I looked at your picture, it was so different than when I look at the pictures of these younger people that kind of have this here I am look in their face and they call themselves masters at any number of spiritual things, Reiki and all manner of other things. And you look at them and you go, wow, you're young and full of yourself. And I'll tell you, when you are enough full of yourself, it is difficult for spirit to come through you. Because when you're full of yourself, you actually think you have all the answers. And in order for spirit to come through anybody with any amount of grace or ease, there has to be enough humbleness of knowing I'm only the vehicle. I am not the big deal. I am the vehicle. And it takes years of, well, like she said, a decade while your ego tries to eat you alive and another decade while you try to wrestle it to the ground. You know, and this isn't a weekend workshop. This isn't a week or a year. This is a decade. And she's right. It's a decade. And so you get to these young people that just are sure that they have all this to contribute. And you know what? I think ultimately they probably do. But, you know, they got these 30 years of work and polish. And actually, when you start getting enough work and polish, you no longer say, here I am. (laughs) You You say, may I help you? Yeah, and may I be a vehicle for the guides to come help you. Mm -hmm. And I'll do my best to get out of the way, and hopefully what comes through will resonate with you, and your job is to make sure that it is resonating with you. And be for the highest good. Be for the highest good. So what you get with these younger people that are uh, so sure and full of themselves is um, guides that come through that are not necessarily of the highest light. I would beware. Or they're getting just fragments of the guidance. Yeah. So let's read this again. What is it about spiritual knowledge that takes so long to digest? It takes a decade to understand the basic nature of spiritual principles Another decade while the ego tries to eat you alive. Another decade while you try to wrestle it to the ground. And finally, you begin to walk more or less in the light. Anyone who thinks a spiritual path is easy probably hasn't been walking one. You know, I know this person recently that he uh, just got an idea of what his destiny was. And he, he swallowed it hook, line, and seeker. I know that's me. I know that's what I'm supposed to do. I knew that in this dream. I knew that uh, three years ago when this happened, etc., etc. And um, so when he got that information really, really strong, then all of a sudden all the ego parts of him that were in resistance to that, no, I don't want you to do that. I want to do this. 
came screaming out and he became very upset, confused, divided. And um, so he had to try to figure out what was going on. He went to a, a healer friend and the healer friend told him, he says, well, your ego's reacting. You, you saw the truth clearly and now your ego's reacting and trying to dislodge you. So this is all part of the process. It is all part of the process. And you got to keep uh, having the intention underneath that you will see clearly and that the ego parts will not eat you alive, as she so aptly puts. <laughs> they, <laughs> they will surely... Num, 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 num. <laughs> they will surely... You and I have been through a lot of that on our own. We know it. it. Yeah, it isn't the over yet. The ego is a tough sucker. <laughs> hey, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. We sure appreciate you being with us. We are your spiritual lifestyle experts in helping humanity wake up one show at a time. Stay with us. we got a few more minutes. We'll be right back. Ever wonder what a spiritual path is? Maybe you're on one right now. Take Mastering Ourselves host Keith and Charmaine Amber's free quiz. Find out if you're on a spiritual path. Find out at www.masteringourselves.com. You'll be amazed at all the nooks and crannies that make up a spiritual path. Keith and Charmaine Amber specialize in delivering unique, usable, and easy-to-understand, life-transforming information that can bring you inner freedom and peace. Check out Mastering Ourselves. Go to www.masteringourselves.com. Don't forget to take the free quiz. Jumpstart your spiritual path today. <laughs> 